Heroes of Episode 296 of Heroes of Handheld, the world's most bestest, best, greatest podcast dedicated to handheld gaming. So we like to talk about iOS, Android, uh, and more importantly, the Nintendo Switch. That is our uh, love child, our, our favorite thing ever is the Nintendo Switch, which is because we used to speak about the PlayStation Vita and the Nintendo 3DS, but they've sort of faded into oblivion. Do you still have your 3DS? Chris. Yes, I can. Uh, yeah, hi, my name's Chris. Uh, yeah, hi, I can Chris. see it in my in my chest of drawers opposite my desk. I can. When was when did you last play it? Uh, probably not this year. Whoa. Mm, no, that's not true. I think I did turn it on to play Gunman Clive, um, <laughs> which which is a great game. Um, mm. I did dabble a bit in a bit in that, and I did also load up my old Animal Crossing town just so they could be like. Oh, Chris, me, 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 we haven't seen you in 685 days. Me, 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 we've got no food, Chris, help us, me, me, me. And I was like, bitch, please, I want an island. <laughs> it's a little bit like that game. I don't really play these, I think they're called strategy games, like um, Civilization and things like that. But with games like that, where you have to like maintain a whole world and stop wars and things from happening... That if you leave that game for years and you come back, don't you find that the whole world is just in complete financial deficit, like natural disasters and war and famine and everything? Yeah, it depends because some of them run in real time and some of them run in um, turn-based. But yeah, there are there are real like there are real time ones. And there's also I remember seeing a thing where some guy had been playing the same game of Civilization Five for I think six years or something like that. Um, yeah, oh, I was crazy. crazy. Yes, I, I saw that because that got popped on Reddit a couple of years ago. And didn't he say, like, all the nations were at war? There was, like, a nuclear war. There was, like, a Great Depression. There was, like, oh, mass unemployment and natural disasters. And the whole world had gone to shit, basically. Yeah. Uh, not a million miles away from the truth. Pretty much, yeah. It's, like, real life, really, isn't it? I was going to say, um, I'm because it's such a lovely day and the sun is shining beautifully, I've got my window wide open. I can and hear I do li- I, know, I, was, I was saying this in the previous edition of this episode, which we had to scrap because of technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Edit, edit, edit. Um, I was saying that my microphone is very sensitive, and in the past you've been able to pick up conversations happening in this very building when I'm like three rooms away. How how you can do that, I don't know. Great microphone, I guess. Or a bad microphone, I guess. Um, but I've got the window wide open, and I live next to a sort of busy road, so you'll probably hear cars every now and then. And there has been a lot of fire engines going past today. Check the national news to see why. So you might hear those as well. Oh, really? I'm going to check the national news to see Do why. Google Bournemouth, and you'll probably see Oh, good see lord. Why. There you go. <laughs> How did that happen? No idea, but it's literally down the road from us. So there you go. Anyway, so... Uh, I don't know if we actually introduced ourselves. Here is a handout calling Chris. I think we've, we've done that already. So thank you for downloading um, this episode of the podcast. Um, we really appreciate it. Uh, so let's start how we start most episodes since the very inception with what we have been playing this week. And I'm going to let Chris start by telling me what he has been playing in the world of gaming this week. 
so I have been playing the new Overcooked 2 DLC, the summer update, Suns Out, Buns Out, uh, which introduces five new levels and two new playable dog chefs, both very adorable. Um, the new levels are nicely packaged with nice music and some interesting new uh, mechanics, including a um, fireworks uh, button, which is kind of based in the floor and splits the level in half so that when you go across to get things you need from the other half of the level, it launches mini fires out across the plane, which if you're an overcooked player, you'll know fires are the worst. And there's also the final level in the um, DLC sees you on top of a uh, parade float in a kind of um, uh, Mardi Gras type venue where everyone's, you know, dancing and moving around and you're like on top of this... um, vehicle as it's going down the road whilst you're cooking food it's a good uh, update i've you know the overcooked dlc is always wonderful and the free stuff is like always of a good quality like as good a quality as the paid stuff in a lot of cases um and um i would recommend getting it if you play a lot of overcooked it's just such good fun and like the way that they bring in new mechanics and let you work out how you can best uh, get your head around them every time is consistently staggeringly good. And what I really hope is that they're putting this stuff out to keep people interested so that at some point they will announce an Overcooked 3 um, because we're really bursting at the seams for one now. It's so good. And like the other thing that I think a lot about Overcooked, Colin, yes, that's mm-hmm. right, I'm still talking about the same game, is how much in the next instalment I'd really like to be able to make my own kitchens, kind of like on Mario Maker, where I could be like, hey, Colin, here's a puzzle for you, and design like an Overcooked 2 level that you would then be able to play on yours and try and best on yours. I think that'd be really good fun. I mean, I'm not going to lie. You've spoken about Overcooked a lot on this podcast through many episodes and many months and years. I've never really taken the time to properly look into it. I always, when you first spoke about it years ago, mm-hmm. I always assumed it was like one of those um, games you get on your iPhone or Android or iPad where it's just like a free to play game where it's just like something that would wear out pretty quick, you know, uh, interest would uh, wane quickly. But looking at the, I've actually now looking, I'm doing some research, I'm looking into it. It does look like it could be quite fun. Um, so maybe one day I'll actually, uh, well, maybe I should look into actually giving it a go. Yeah, and seeing what the hubbub is about. But I was looking at um, the Overcooked Two announcement back from E3 2018, and Whoa. in the video, there's a picture of the Onion. There's a Onion King. Yeah, the Onion King. Of course, yeah, that's uh, that's good. Why is there an Onion King? Um, I thought you were a chef, but there's an Onion who is a king. Well, the so Onion is he, King is, is he just... the bad guy. No, he he's a goodie. He sets you up on all the missions. Him and his loyal dog Kevin, who I adore. I love Kevin a great deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they just they set you up on the missions. They're kind of the rulers of the of the world, the world that's being attacked by uh, dark and mysterious anti-food forces. Yeah, it's it sort of seems a bit sadistic, really. If like the whole point of the game um, is to cook, and the person giving you the missions is food. Yeah, there is also the fact that you can play as chefs that are like. Uh, animals and then often you are cooking chicken <laughs> and it is a bit like i don't know how the parrot i'm playing as feels about the fact we're making chicken burgers it's a strange world the yeah. overcooked universe jesus well um well i'm glad you're still enjoying it because it has a i mean it'd be interesting to go back and see when you very first spoke about overcooked on this here podcast because it must yeah. be years ago now yeah especially um, like the first one which i played on ps2 
four, maybe has three. Who? Yeah. Who? yeah. Wow. Um, what have you been playing? Well, I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Go and um, Wizards Unite, as per usual. There's been, once again, events left, right and centre. Because last week I incorrectly said that the Pokemon Go Fest was happening the weekend just gone. We're recording on the 20th of July. But it's actually next weekend. So it's next Saturday and Sunday, the um, Pokemon Go Fest, which is obviously a from-home event, a virtual event, because of the current global situation. And it's £15, £14.99 to get a ticket to have access to special research tasks and um, special um, legendary Pokemon and stuff like that. So it will be next week's podcast when we give you all the fallout from that, because last week I said potentially there could be server issues, which there sometimes is with Niantic Games. Anyway, so there's been some research tasks on Pokemon Go. It's been based around friends at the moment um, with like gifts and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know if you've been playing much Pokemon Go lately, Chris? Yes, uh, just for clarity, yeah. uh, Friends, the in-game Pokemon mechanic, not Friends, the 90s TV show. No, def- definitely not. I found a weird fact out this week that... Because um, I've, I've never watched Friends. I'm, I'm sorry, I've just never done it. Boss, his sister is Monica yep. in the show. I, I didn't know that anyway, but when I was told recently that they... I'll get into why I've, I've got this bit of knowledge in my head. But I thought that Ross will, would have been Phoebe's sister, brother and sister, because they the actors look similar. Am I crazy for thinking that? Are those yeah, like I think you are crazy. Ross and Monica okay. look like brother and sister because they both got dark hair. <laughs> Shame I said that. Jesus. Uh, anyway, anyway, so I've been playing that. And also Wizards Unite's been great again. There's been a brilliant event um, which has just finished. It was Baby Beasts Part 2. Oh, no, sorry, it's still going. It ends tomorrow, I believe. It's Part 2 of um, uh, Brilliant Beasts, Baby Beasts Part 2. And then there is another Wizarding Weekend coming up this weekend which i believe is all about legends of hogwarts so that will be good as well there's just event after event on um, wizards unite at the moment and there's actually a big um hoo-ha over the past few days because there's been a recent update to uh wizards unite where they're changing up the lessons and your profession because you can choose different three different professions in wizards unite and depending on what you choose you can level up and learn new skills so when you battle in wizarding battle wizarding challenges um, you're more powerful with specific foes. Uh, but they're changing up the lessons that you can learn for that in the recent update, where rather it than rather it be based on what level you are, it's based on how much skill, how many points you've actually got in total. So rather than your level, it's points. It's they haven't really released any details as what the new lessons are gonna involve, but in the update, as rewards for finishing compl- and uh, finishing research tasks, you now get defense against the dark arts books, which you never got before. So we'll see what happens with that. So people are very excited for that update to add a new element to the game. Another game I've been playing, I'm going to tell you this, I've been playing the um, game you told me about last week, Trivia Royale. Oh, yeah. How are you getting on with it? I'm enjoying it. It's addictive. The issue I have with it is, I don't know if you've found this. I don't know what phone you've got. I know you've got an iPhone, but I don't know which one. Which iPhone have you got? Uh, 11. 11, okay, so you've got a pretty modern one. I've got, I think, the 7, so I'm quite far back down in the pecking line. Um, I've had a lot of issues with the connectivity, with the app crashing. In total, I've only finished two full games without it crashing. Oh, wow. Um, which is quite frustrating because it is really addictive. I can see where you said it's very similar to um, HQ Trivia. 
Yeah. Very similar in how it looks and the aesthetic of it. And I do like you said about the um, the face tracking it does on your little character is cool as well. Um, but honestly, if you're led down in bed or just laying down whilst playing it, you're um, if you've got face tracking on, you just look absolutely ridiculous. It's hilarious. Um, but yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. But it's it's what's hindering my enjoyment is how it keeps crashing all the time. So yeah. if they could get that ironed out, or if my phone could just like stop. I mean, to be fair, I go between Pokemon Go, Wizards Unite, and Trivia Royale, and they're pro- they're free, pretty power heavy, battery hungry games. So I'm assuming that's probably why. Well, especially Trivia Royale, if it's using the front camera to be monitoring your face, then that probably doesn't help as well. Yeah. It could be my internet, to be honest with you, but um, when when the game doesn't crash and just close, it will just freeze on a, you know, when it does the countdown to answer the question. Mm. But apart from that, I mean, forgetting all that, if that wasn't an issue, I'm really enjoying it. It's a fun little game and very addictive as well. Um, So I can see why you recommended it. Yeah, sure. One final thing I just want to say, I've been playing a lot of different things this week. I found, uh, for years, I've had, I've spoke about this before, Arcane Studios Dishonored is one of my favourite games from the current and the last gen of um, consoles, where I played Dishonored 1, I think I played it on my Xbox 360. I don't think it was Xbox One. I think it came out in 2012, so it must have been the 360. Um, but anyway, I got Dishonored 2, which came out in 2016. 2016, Whoa. that came out. Insane. I got it back in 2016. I started playing it back in 2017, but never finished it. And I've always had it on my shelf. Thought, you know, I'm going to get back to that game at some point. I'm not going to get rid of it. And I finally have got back to playing it again. And I'd forgotten how great the universe of Dunwall and the characters, Corvo, is. If I don't, Have you ever played Dishonored? We've, um, I think you spoke about this before. Yeah, I, I have played a little bit of it. Um, it didn't massively tick my buttons, but I can mm. see why you were, why you're into it. What's just so great about it is how you're plonked in a level. You've got a mission you've got to do, and you get optional quests as well. But the game sort of leaves it up to you how you get to the end point. So, for example, in the first level, um, I won't give anything away story-wise, but you've got to get from a um, castle to the docks. And how you get there is basically left completely up to you. You're just you're plonked in the level. There's loads of different ways you can get there. You can go straight through the middle. You can go around the side. You can go up. You can go down. You can find secret passages. You can kill everyone if you want to. You can like avoid any everyone and don't kill anyone. It's just it's so fun and it's really fun trying to find out different routes and different ways you can get around particular um, enemies and um, different scenarios and things like that. What I will say is you you will be using the auto say uh, the quick save feature a lot. You really will because I find like I'll quick save and then I think right let's go out and see what happens and if I get attacked and killed obviously I'll go back to that spot and I'll right, I'll try a different way I'll try this way so it's very much trial and error uh, but it's a lot of fun and I'm liking the story element so far. It's set 15 years after the first one and for those of you who played the original you'll know that there are three different endings you can get from the original game. You can get High Chaos, um, mid, um, Middle Chaos, and No to Low Chaos. So depending on how much carnage you cause throughout the first game determines how the game plays out and what happens at the end. This game continues on as if you've, you had the Low Chaos ending. So if you got the High Chaos ending and everyone went to shit, 
it doesn't follow that storyline. It follows the low chaos ending. Because I don't think they're initially going to make a sequel to it. I think it just exceeded their expectations. So when they ended the first one, it sort of ended in a way where it was sort of nicely concluded, depending on the ending you got. Whichever one you got, it was concluded. But they then went back and made the second one. Anyway, I'm playing this on the two. I've just done the first level. And it's, it's very much the same as the first one. Um, I've, I've got loads more abilities and things to unlock. Um, and one of the best things about Dishonored is how you can determine if you if you want to go down the route of killing everyone, uh, you can be very creative of how you do it. There's so many different methods you can do to kill different enemies, um, which sounds pretty uh, morbid, but it's actually very fun trying to figure out interesting ways to do it. Um, so yeah, I've been playing Dishonored too, and I'm hoping hoping this time I'll actually finish it. <sighs> it's good. Sounds good stressful, to me. Though. Very stressful though. Um, bleak, very bleak. Their new game looks really good as well. Deathloop, the kind yeah. of um, assassin time loop thing looks really cool. In a way, that's probably what's got me back into wanting to play this on the two or seeing that when it was announced for PS5. Yeah. Um, I want to try and finish this on the two before that one comes out, whatever that is, so I can. Not that it's linked to Dishonored, but um, it looks very similar in its art style and its gameplay to, to Dishonored. Yeah, definitely. Looks dope. Well, I'm Don't glad you're enjoying your Dishonored, and I will go back to replay that at some point. I think I've got it on PlayStation, but I did, yeah, I tried it and I just found it a bit overwhelming. I was like, ah, not for me. It, it, it is quite overwhelming when you first get in it because that, because you're just left to basically do it yourself and figure out how to, the best way to do it. It's a bit like, oh shit, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> and you you always wonder whether you're doing it the right way or the wrong way, but there is no right or wrong way. It's just the way that suits your gameplay style. Yeah. Mm. Oh, cool. Um. The big news today in Switch World, and kind of the only real big thing to talk about, um, was today's Nintendo Mini Direct um, announced like yesterday night um, as a way of Nintendo, I think, trying to make sure people's expectations weren't too massively high. Um, it was a 10-minute mini uh, video. And it was highlighting some third-party uh, games coming to Switch and updates coming to Switch. Um, and someone, someone on Twitter, I wish I could remember who. I think it was, I think it was, Imran Khan, um, suggested that this was basically a bunch of uh, what was probably promises. Um, to marketing departments in time for E3 that weren't quite made, so it was like we'll, we'll put them all in a Nintendo uh, Direct instead because it was you watched it right, or you watched half of it. It was very yeah, much like yeah. um, it was very much like is some very small news about some games. Yeah, it's uh, I didn't realize how short it was actually going to be. To be honest with you, and I logged on to it about four minutes past when it started, and after about a couple of minutes, they said this will be the last game we'll be announcing, and I was like, oh right, okay, well there you go, um, and it's pretty good that people not have their expe expectations too high because there wasn't really, for me personally, there wasn't much in there that was that exciting. Yeah, um, I don't know. I said a bit tentatively because I don't know how you feel about what they announced yeah sort of, sort of fine like I, I, th I think i think they delivered the information well in terms of it being like here's some you know here's some cool things but not cool enough like to give too much time to each thing got about two minutes or so 
Um, so the first thing we saw was a season pass for Cadence of Hyrule, um, which contains three DLC uh, like chunks, the first of which is out today. Uh, Eurogamer did a really good write-up of what was in the direct, by the way, which we'll link. Um, adding new characters, new songs, and additional story featuring Skull Kid from Majora's Mask. Um, and the rest of the DLC will be out before October. Uh, buying them all via the DLC pass will get you some extra costumes. Um, so yeah, that looked quite fun. And then we saw um, a shooter called Rogue Company uh, from High Res Studios, which I think looks quite good, actually. That's quite adult for a Switch uh, shooter. I thought that, yeah, when I was watching it, and they had the, the very happy, happy-go-lucky voiceover man, whilst people were, like, getting shot to shit with, yeah. like, machine guns and shotguns and stuff. Like, oh, okay, this is odd. But no, yeah, that one did look quite good. That one piqued my interest a little bit. Yeah. It looks, this could be, I mean, it looks like the type of game that we'll play for an hour online and then never play again together. Um, but, just you know, like Warface. Just like Warface. Uh, but it, it looks okay. Uh, I'm kind of interested. Um, especially to try, especially to try, especially I, I suspect it might be free to play looking at the marketing and stuff. Um, or at least free to start. But I think it looks quite cool, quite interesting. You know, a little bit jazzy, a little bit cybery. Um, kind of third person shooter uh possibly battle royale possibly team deathmatch or maybe a bit of both um yeah it looks, looks like good fun anyway and then the next thing we saw was a wrestling game wwe 2k battlegrounds which i don't know about you colin uh mm-hmm. i i thought looked like i mean i don't mind wrestling games it looked like utter shit to me it did look pretty shocking and who are those people who are playing it were they all no, wrestlers no idea i don't know who they were but um yeah, it looked like a... Because they were like oversized wrestlers, weren't they? They had big heads and small bodies. Yeah, they looked like toys. It was odd. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. Um, is it, I don't know if this Battleground... Is this like a, a franchise that's been around for a while? I don't really know. Um, yeah, I mean, WWE like it... is, you know, has got lots of games in it. Uh, but this has been number 2K and Sabre Interactive, a cartoony arcade fighter and... That's based on the WWE kind of licenses. Uh, yeah, I mean, it looks okay. Uh, you can play as John Cena, doo, 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 doo. Uh, Jeff Rock. Hardy, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, the Rock. You play as The Rock. Yeah, The Rock's here. There's a picture of him with a big head and small body. Well, uh, he hasn't got sick. a small body, but you know, a mini version of his big body. Uh, Andre the Giant as well, who I have heard of. Um, yeah, I mean. We'll see. We'll see what it like. <laughs> it's a bit weird, isn't it? But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. You know, it's good to have a variety of different games on Nintendo Switch. So you know, yeah, I guess that's a positive. But yeah. they were the two main ones. That's when I started watching. Was when those two, um, the shooter and um, WWE, was announced. Yeah. Um, the the final game that I saw was the um, the remaster of that game, which looked very weird. Um, yeah. So the last bits were some time spent on Shin Megami Tensei, which was very big in the 3DS era. We used to get a lot of tweets and emails and stuff about those games. And people, you know, big series of JRPGs based on kind of weird, occult, cyber stuff going on. Um, so as well as a re-release, uh, remaster of Nocturne, which is Shimagami Tensei's third game, uh, we also now know that the long-awaited Shimagami Tensei 5 will come to Switch in 2021. Um yeah, I mean, it doesn't necessarily tickle my pickle, but it is it is a big property, to be fair. Yeah. And, you know. And, yeah, not uh, not the right market for me. Not yeah. the right RPG. JRPG, thumbs up. 
Yes, it is JRPG thumbs up of the week, isn't it? Um, it really is. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, I think it was a good little conference. I think we'll probably get more little drops like that throughout the year as kind of COVID continues to affect how much working can be done from home um people i know were very thirsty for more news on like mario re-releases and stuff i think we will get that soon just not yet yeah yeah i like this idea of having mini ones throughout the year i think that's good because it keeps people's interest and yeah. it keeps the flow of new games um coming so and also that that direct mini sets a precedent now for any other time they announce a direct mini that means you know it is only going to be 10 minutes and it's not going to be you know knock you out of the park announcements but it is going to be cool stuff and interesting stuff hmm. yeah they um it's good they call it mini yeah focus emphasis on that uh yeah so that was good i mean that came out this morning it's very rare we actually do a podcast before a big announcement like that normally we uh we record podcast the night of or the night before so we have to yeah. wait a whole week so that was nice that's very nice. Yeah. I enjoyed that very much. Um, what else we got? So uh, just a couple of little things to kind of pique your interest because uh, it has been quite slow news week. Um, if you are playing Paper Mario the Origami King, which came out on Twitch on Friday, uh, to pretty good reviews, um, there is now a uh, Nintendo... The Twitter, Twitter account for Nintendo have released guides to making some of the characters in actual origami if that's something you're interested in we'll put a link on her fanhub.wordpress.com where you can uh, you know follow your heart's content I mean it's ve- the stuff they're posting is very very cute um, and yeah I'm not madly fussed for playing origami king yet I'll probably get it later on in the year but people seem to be mostly liking it so that's quite good I like the um, the Yoshi's quite cute mm. and the other oh, princess piece looks awful oh shocking anyway yeah, it's the art style though. Um, so yeah, it's all in Japanese. My Japanese is non-existent, but hopefully you'll be able to get something out of this. And the other thing I wanted to briefly mention is this: this is really interesting, actually. Um, so I don't know if you've noticed this on the Switch store, Colin, but mm. a lot of games. There seems to be some games on there which basically constantly exist at being ninety percent off, and get yes. like your like Thief Simulator. Thief really Simulator is always there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And, and it's, you know, they'll go down from like £18 to like £1.80 like every other week or something. So hmm. um, Gavin Lane at Nintendo Life has done a really good article, which is how do Switch eShop discounts impact game sales? Basically, it's working with the uh, people behind um, Death Squared, which came out three years ago, and they've been tracking the game's sales um, based on when the spikes come around... Um, discounts happening to the game so like at launch um it sold as much at launch in uh july 2017 for example as it did when it was pretty much dropped by 85 percent in price earlier on in the year so what it really basically shows is that there's these big spikes that come along every time they do a sale as you might expect but the difference is exponentially so much larger when you go up to like 90 percent versus when they you know have like 20 percent off throughout the throughout uh the same periods of time yeah so it's super interesting article uh well i you know i won't just read it word for word because that's not fair and it's not good journalism but it's a really good this, uh cool, good cool, cool graph on here which really sums it up really seeing yeah how much the sales go up it was 90 percent yeah, I mean, to be honest, like using Thief Simulator, because that's the one I would go to, I would never have picked that up if it wasn't 90% off. I was, it didn't really matter what the game was. I was specifically looking for a game that was like £1 something or a couple of quid, and yeah. that's what made me get it. So it does work. Yeah, then, and a big hmm. 
thing in this article is the idea that putting your stuff on um you know if, if you've got a game that's like 20 pounds or whatever and you can sell it 20 you can sell it once for 20 pounds or 20 times for one pound it's better to do the latter because the more individual sales the more it pushes things up the charts yeah yeah definitely then well in turn get your game out there more more people buying it and potentially people looking out for sequels or other games by the same company so. yeah yeah, there's some really interesting reading in this. I'd really recommend it. So this is on Nintendo Life, and it's how to switch eShop discounts impact game sales. Yeah, oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, so I've always wondered that, um, how it works in terms of the companies making a profit. Yeah. Because I know that this is probably completely irrelevant to this article, but it makes me think of PlayStation Vita when people were always a bit surprised as to how expensive games were on there. Um, the sales were never that normally that great, and like you'd normally get games with like fifty pound or forty pound, like for um, big the big titles, and obviously people didn't want to spend that much on you know a smaller console, which was like a handheld version. But then I think a lot of the developers said because it costs a lot of money to develop for the PlayStation Vita, um, because I think like you couldn't easily port a Vita game to other platforms, like yeah. because the PlayStation Vita used its own coding and infrastructure and stuff, which is why they had to always price it higher. So, yeah, Switch is obviously doing it the right way. Anyway, um, is that is is that all? Is that all? I think I think it bally well is all actually, Colin. Have you downloaded Ninjala yet? No. What's that? It's it looks very similar to Splatoon. It's um, it came out last month, and I remember when we spoke about this. Oh, it's yeah. free, free play multiplayer game. Um, I th- I didn't realize this had come out. To be honest with you, <laughs> I just saw a big advert when I was looking at one of the articles for um, yeah. this. I might give it a go. It looks cool. Um, it's got pretty good reviews, I think. And it's free, which is nice. Yeah, I will give that a download. And uh, maybe we can both Splatoon-y. talk about it next week. Yes, I will put reminds to do it. Yeah, very Splatoony in its art style, looking at it. Yeah. But I don't know if the gameplay is similar. It just says like it's uh, the online mode's good. It's been out since the 24th of June, so almost a month ago. Whoa, yes, I will download that for next week. Whenever I think back to when in future years and future, well, decades to come when i look back on lockdown of 2020 i will always remember thief simulator because that <laughs> was the game i was playing when we went to lockdown in yeah. march so that always have a place in my heart <laughs> great game yeah I, game. now it, it's really interesting to know what um to look at how games like the trends of what games people have been playing over lockdown because obviously animal crossing has made a big difference but i was thinking the other day i was, I was playing some red dead 2 Mm. And I was thinking, if that game came out in March this year, like people would have gone absolutely apeshit over some of the like lifestyle stuff. Because obviously, like people love Red Dead Two anyway. Like it, do- it did really well. But imagine like if it had come out in March this year, when people weren't allowed outside, and you could just spend hours in game, like breeding horses or all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was just mad. Yeah. It's um. I've forgotten Animal Crossing was actually the game of lockdown. That, that, I mean, everyone was playing that whilst I was playing Thief Simulator. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's not too the late for you to get it, Colin. No, yeah. I'd, you know, once I've finished Dishonored 2, I need to finish Dishonored 2. It's been in my gaming catalogue and library for four years. I couldn't believe the last time I looked. My last save was um, J- December 2017. 
which is insane. Whoa, are so, you picking up where you left off, or are you starting again from scratch? No, I decided to start again because I could not remember anything from the story, and it's quite story-driven, Dishonored, yeah. so I wanted to make sure I got the full effect. And what's interesting, I will say about Dishonored 2, again, is that you can choose to either play as Corvo or um, Emily. Oh, yeah. Is it Emily? Is it Emily? Oh, my God, that mine's gone blank. Anyway, you can either choose to be um, Corvo, who you played in the first game, or Emily, who is the queen who was a child in the first one. Um... I decided to play as Emily because, you know, not played as her before. Is there any abilities. gameplay differences or is it just... Have At the moment, um, it looks the same and plays the same. Um, it could be the same game at the yeah. moment, to be honest with you. It just it feels like a continuation. Obviously, I've not unlocked all the abilities and things you can do yet, so there may be extra depth to it. But I don't think that's a bad thing because um, the first game was so strong anyway. Um, I didn't think... They, they, and they, I know, obviously... People get a bit funny when they don't change much when they do sequels, but I didn't think it need, they needed to change much because the gameplay was so good anyway, and it was very unique in how it's um, set up. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yes, uh, that's your lot. Nice one. Well, uh, enjoy playing that this week, and I'll do the same with. Uh, don't get Ninjala. I'm... Download Ninjala. I will definitely download Ninjala, and you won't have to remind me on the weekend because I'll definitely download Ninjala. Ooh, that Nintendo Direct Mini. Just look, mm. I'm just looking on YouTube. The like to dislike ratio is not very good. Sixty three thousand likes, fifty three thousand dislikes. But is it just like the the memeable thing now to dislike Nintendo videos? After yeah, that, maybe. Video got all all dislikes. Last what was that one that got disliked? That was the most disliked video. Oh, it was like the Pokemon thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I can't help. Maybe it's like some people will probably just dislike it before even properly watching it. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's. that's I, feels, I think like. that definitely happens. Mm. well anyway have a good week and how can people get in touch with the show you can contact us in many different ways but you can also listen to all the previous episodes of Heroes of Handheld there's so much content probably around 400 hours of content probably more than that if you go to heroesofhandheld.wordpress.com click on the Heroes of Handheld link at the top and it'll list all the previous episodes going all the way back to episode number one this is episode 296 so that's a lot of content if you've got a spare couple of months you know why not give us a listen um, you know, speed run it all they listen to it on two times speed and then by the time you're done you'll be all clued up and you'll get all the in podcast references because a lot of people out there won't understand what JRPG thumbs up means because that's from all the way back in the early days of the podcast so there you go uh, that's our website and on our website you can contact us by going to the contact us button and then you can fill out the form and uh, we'll have your message. We'll, it will come through to us. You can email us, heroesofhandheld at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Handheld Podcast. And you can subscribe to us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and wherever good podcasts are distributed. If you can give us a like um, or subscribe, that will be fantastic. That will uh, be massive help to us and we'd appreciate you the most. You can even give us a review if you like. Give us five stars, four stars, or even one star if you like. If, if, if you hate us, just give us one star, you know. Fine. Do it. Yeah, don't worry about it, mate. Just do it. Chris, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, man. Uh, Have a good week. I will speak to you next week when we'll discuss the fallout from Pokemon Go Fest 2020 from home. I'm in- I'm very intrigued to see how that goes this mm. weekend. And a little bit of Ninjala as well. See you on Ninjala. Woo-hoo. See you on Ninjala. Bye. Bye.